0: This is Fine Rambles, number 57. So I've been on the road now for for about three weeks, and my friends with the best of intentions ask me when I'm on the road, wow, what kind of cool stuff have you been doing, Matt? And I'm forced to basically tell them in explicit horrible horrible detail how much of <laughs> how much of a loser I am and admit the truth that I tend to drive into a city, walk around a bunch, find the YMCA, the grocery store, and the coffee shop, and then basically spend the rest of my time either going to the gym, buying food, cooking food, getting a coffee, wandering around a couple of the neighborhoods before I get tired, and then going home, back to the Airbnb, and essentially cooking and watching television. Very, very exciting. And of course, this is exactly what I do when I'm at home. I think it begs the question, why, why do you even travel, Matt, if you're if you're not going to go do the things that are known in that city, if you're just going to lay on the couch in a different city, different city, different couch, same Netflix account, why are you going to travel? It doesn't make any sense. And, you know, I have to agree with that. I was in New Jersey a couple days ago, and I just had this phenomenal time. A friend of mine has a friend who lives out there, And we drove out and basically spent the day doing something that I don't ever do. There was no television, I didn't have my phone on me. basically we spent the day doing manual labor jobs around this guy's farm and then we had an amazing dinner and you know got drunk and it was such a different change of pace you know that's what I say I want to do when I go on the road and yet I don't do it maybe I'm doing the vacation thing or the travel thing completely wrong it's it's a busman's holiday and maybe and you know You know, part of that is me just being an enormous hypocrite. You know, I talk about the value of localism and, you know, how communities are weak and how we spend too much time creating routines. And then here I am doing exactly the opposite of what I think is healthy and essentially the right way to go and maybe you know maybe i'm just so brain dead that it's going to take me years and years and years of messing up before i can teach myself the same lessons that i think are so obvious when i look at other people and that's and that's okay right like how can i put this everyone's path is different or it should be everyone has to take their own path. And hopefully, those paths, which often may look like they're going in the worst of directions, they're going downhill, they're going into the dark, they're going around and around and around in circles. Hopefully, those journeys are necessary. I don't believe that regret is healthy at all. And the way I think about this, and you know, For a long time, I think like a lot of people, I had regrets and they often, you know, they often consumed my thoughts at the worst possible time. I'd be laying in bed late at night reviewing the horror show of my life and I'd say, wow, why did I do that? If only I hadn't done that, maybe all this suffering or all this pain or all these mistakes, that I caused myself and that I caused other people could have been avoided. And I don't think that's a healthy approach. I don't think it's a pragmatic approach. Instead of regret, I think you really have to ask yourself this question. Do I like who I am? Because if you do, if you actually like yourself, (laughs) then the path that took you there no matter how awful ended up in a pretty good place and you know i'm not saying i'm not saying like ignore the problems that you've caused other people as long as you have self esteem at the end of the day that's almost the exact opposite of what i'm trying to say and that of course means i'm explaining this very poorly <laughs> right so i apologize but like if you're in a good place that probably means you're doing pretty well, not just for yourself, but for your family and for your friends and for your community. You know, these expanding bullseyes that, you know, that, that go out from you, essentially. I mean, if you're being selfish and self-destructive and focusing only on yourself, the odds that you feel good about who you are are really, really fucking low, Okay. They may it may feel good for a couple of months just to like binge and give the finger to the world and say, I'm in this for me, this sort of ultimate nihilism. But it gets hollow really, really fast. And if you don't start to care for the people in your life, you will start not to like yourself. And you know, I know that kind of goes against some of the popular wisdom of today, which is a very narcissistic, self-esteem, I'm good enough culture. And I don't think that's healthy. I don't think that's pragmatic, right? Instead of having regret, simply become a person that you like to see in the mirror. Don't think about the past, right? It's the past no longer exists. And how can I put this? The memories that are driving you crazy are not there to drive you crazy. That's not their purpose. They are there to help you get better. And again, it's great to talk about this stuff out loud because you learn what you actually, actually think. If I touch a hot stove, that pain is a good thing. It makes me take my hand off the motherfucking stove and it helps me keep my hand. If I don't get that pain signal, I'm gonna leave my hand on the stove. And yet we get angry at the pain signal when it's really trying to help us. And you know, I've talked about this before, but Johan Hari's point about depression is the exact same thing. Depression is the pain that you feel when you're touching a hot stove, only it's a message most of the time most of the time, from your brain telling you there's something wrong with your life, examine it. And regret is the exact same idea, right? It's these negative memories that you can't let go of and that make you feel like shit. Don't feel like shit. Change who you are. If you did something wrong to someone, make amends. Act in a way that makes those memories no longer relevant. In my own life, I've seen this on numerous occasions, things that ate me up inside for minutes, hours, weeks, years, and I then went and tried to make things right. And often that was as simple as an apology, or just stating to someone what I thought I had done wrong, or saying the truth when I had been lying for a long time. And man, that is hard, hard, hard hard to do. I'm not minimizing how hard that is. But the clean feel afterwards doesn't just make you feel good, it gets rid of all of those bad memories or at least they have their they have their volume turned down. Okay, and uh, and <laughs> tangent. <laughs> Here are two really quick stories just to give you a sense of what it's like for me to travel. So I'm in Williamsburg last week, and I need to park my rental car for a couple days. So I go on Spot Hero, I find a parking garage, and I go there. And there it is, there's a sign over the entranceway, and it's a valet parking garage. So he writes me a little ticket, he takes my keys, and he drives off with my car. And I'm walking to my Airbnb feeling very proud of myself. I've never done that before in New York. And I was like, not so bad. Thank you, Spot Hero. And then I'm getting, clo- I'm getting closer to my Airbnb, and I realize, hold on a second. I just gave a total stranger my car keys and my car that has almost everything I own in the trunk. And all I have is this little piece of paper. How many ways could this go wrong? I could, being the klutz I am, lose the piece of paper, and then I go back and I say, I'm sorry, I lost the piece of paper, and you have my car keys. And he'll be like, well, yeah, tough, sorry. The other thought was, what if this is just a scam, right? What if they move around every couple weeks and they toss up a $5 sign that says parking, and then incredibly stupid suckers, like myself, walk up and hand them the keys. And then they drive my car or my rental car two blocks to a chop shop. And by the time I call the police, the car is long gone. The cops don't care. All I have is this little ticket. I've completely opened myself to being taken advantage of. And essentially, I'm in the same position as Blanche Dubois. I'm now reliant on the kindness of this stranger to actually do his business correctly and to not con me and... To be nice if i happen to lose this little tiny piece of paper the second story is me failing is me failing to do a good deed i'm in this insanely insanely overpriced coffee shop down in the lower east side and i'm meeting a friend and i'm early beautiful coffee shop lovely chairs lovely day i'll get a coffee i'll sit by the window Except there's a guy in front of me, and he's taking forever to order his coffee. And he's starting to get on my nerves because I have this beautiful plan. I want my coffee. I want to sit down. Why aren't these things happening? Rawr, rah, 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 rah. And he's getting upset because, well, he's getting upset because the coffee is so bloody expensive. And he's like, how much do you want for this cup of coffee? And it's like... You know, it's like a latte. It's like six dollars, and he's like blah blah, 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 blah blah and <laughs> and the barista is like, "Look, dude, I make twelve fifty an hour. Um, I don't put those prices up on the board. You think this is my business? No. Don't give me grief just because my owner has figured out a way to charge six dollars for coffee and milk. And so finally, the guy in front of me relents, and he's upset but he hands the guy his credit card and the barista who is beat red at this point very politely hands the card back and says i'm sorry sir we only take cash and this guy goes to defcon one and there's like there's like there's f-bombs going off and there's hand motions and you know at this point i still don't have my coffee and i'm still not sitting by the window i'm like you know what i'll be a good person I'm going to be a good person and I'm, you know, I'm proud of myself before I even start to move. I'm congratulating myself before I even act. And I go up and I say, you know what, let me get this for you. It's an expensive place and it's stupid. They don't take credit cards, but it would be my pleasure to pay for your coffee. And I'm just basking in this warm glow because I know he's about to thank me and the barista is about to thank me and the whole world is about to just do exactly what I expect and then I'm going to get my coffee and be able to go over to the window. And he says, hell no, hell no. I don't want their coffee. I wouldn't take their coffee now if they gave it to me. And he walks out of the store. And you know, looking back, I didn't expect him to do that but it's a totally human response. It's so, it's so human. And, you know, I probably made the situation from his point of view even worse. I'm sure he looked at me and he saw this like condescending, egotistical asshole who's like, oh boy, someone's causing problems. I will take $6 and I will solve this social crisis. So that's the kind of story I have about traveling. I don't have visits to exotic palaces or museums or churches. I have stories, essentially, where the world points at me and laughs in a little high-pitched, giggly voice. You know, I had so much other stuff I wanted to talk about this week, but this is already, this is already just a complete mess of a podcast. So I am going to cut my losses, and <laughs> that's all I have. That's all I have, and I'll catch you next week.